0: Well, it really has been an incredible week here at Shades and there is much to celebrate. And hearing your voices lifting up praise has been such a gift already this morning. We're grateful to be able to share this time together. And if you're new to Shades this morning or if you're joining us online for the first time, we just want you to know we're about to step into uh, the Word of God. We're about to open the Bible and look at what the Word of God says to us so today we're gonna to be in Romans chapter 12. And so I wanna invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we've got Bibles spread out all over the room and we want you to be able to see for yourself what the word of God is saying. So grab one of those Bibles, Turn with us to Romans 12 and you'll even see the page number on the screen if you're grabbing one of the Bibles that we have here in the room. And as we walk through these verses, here's what we're going to be seeing. We're going to be seeing an a invitation to choose forgiveness, If you are new to Shades again, we're in the midst of a series on forgiveness. And last week we we set this up by talking about the reality that each and every one of us need to be forgiven. That that is something that is universally true for all of us. We need the gift of forgiveness. But today, as we turn our attention to the scripture and over the next couple of weeks, as we go back to the word of God on this very important topic, we're gonna be looking at the importance of choosing to forgive those who have wronged us. And that's not an easy choice. For even in saying the statement, choosing to forgive those who have wronged us, I would imagine many of you, you're already beginning to think of somebody or a group of somebodies or several people in your life and in your story who have hurt you or have wronged you or have caused tremendous pain in your life and even thinking about them right now, you're like, I don't don't wanna forgive them. I don't know if I can forgive them. I don't even want them to be forgiven because of the pain that they've caused. This is a a very difficult conversation. It's a challenging topic to deal with. And I'm so grateful that the word of God meets us in the places of our life where there is tension. The Word of God speaks to the very real issues that we face. The Word of God addresses the, the pain that we walk through and the challenges that, that we experience at the hands of others. And the Word of God cuts right to the heart of the issue. So let's see what the word of God says in Romans 12. I'm gonna begin in verse 17. And today we're gonna make our way through verses 17 all the way to verse 21 of Romans 12. That will be our, our text for today. And I'd like to invite you, if you're willing and able, to stand back up with me as I read from the word of God. And the reason I'm asking you to stand, we say this each week, the word of God is the foundation for the people of God. This is what we stand upon. This is what we build our lives upon. This is what God shows us that we need to see and we need to hear. The word of God is where God reveals what he says is right and good and true. And so we stand out of reverence to the Holy Scripture, our firm foundation. And this is what the Scripture says in Romans 12, beginning verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved. Would you pray with me that God would use these very powerful, very challenging words from the Holy Scripture in our lives today? And then we'll be seated. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would show us what we need to see. And as it relates to this issue of forgiveness, Lord God, I pray, I pray that your word would go straight to the heart of the matter. Even as we struggle to even think about those who have wronged us and and think about the way we've been hurt by others, Lord, it it can be overwhelming. And I pray in the power of your Holy Spirit that you would do a work in us. We wanna be free. So I pray, Lord, that today there would be some lives who are changed in the power of your word. I pray, Lord, that there would be some who are not the same as a result Of that which you say, we look to you believing that you are at work among us, believing that you have something that you want us to see. So give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. We trust you. We look to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. I want to say this right up front because... I think it needs to be said, but also it's something that we're going to wrestle with today and in the weeks ahead as we look specifically at the call from the Word of God to the people of God to be a forgiving people. And what I want to say right up front is forgiveness always costs us something. It always costs something to forgive, to lay down bitterness, to lay down resentment to lay down the grudge that we may be holding, it's gonna cost us something. And I wanna say that because it's important we understand that. Forgiveness is the path to freedom. Forgiveness is a path that will change us in a good way, but it is costly. And we need to recognize that right up front. Forgiveness is not easy. In fact, I've titled this message Choosing Forgiveness because it is a choice to forgive, to choose not to grow bitter, to choose not to grow in resentment or grudges, to choose not to strike back when we've been struck by something painful. It's a choice, a very, very difficult choice. But the word of God speaks to that choice. The word of God says, what we just saw, verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. The word of God is showing us here that if you try to fight against sin with sin, the only thing that can win is sin. I know that's a simple statement, but we need to hear it because when we've been wronged, Many times we feel like, okay, we have a free pass to strike back. When we've been hurt, many times we conclude, well, I've got justification to go and hurt someone because I've been hurt. But that's putting sin against sin. That's trying to repay evil with evil. And when you try to fight evil with evil or you put sin against sin, the only possible outcome is that sin and evil win the day. And so the word of God is saying you actually have a choice. You can can choose to do differently. You can choose a different response. You can choose to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision, an act of the will that I will not repay evil with evil. It's a choice to refuse to allow bitterness to grow in our hearts and to harbor resentment against those who have wronged us. But again, it's not easy. I love this quote from author Neil Anderson because it it highlights that even when we forgive, we still will live with the consequences of the actions of those who have wronged us. He writes this Forgiveness is agreeing to live with the consequences of another person's sin. And listen to this you're going to live with those consequences whether you want to or not. Your only choice is whether you will do so in the bitterness of unforgiveness or the freedom of forgiveness. Now, I'm grateful for this statement because it's highlighting the choice. The choice to forgive or the choice not to forgive is actually a choice to choose the path of freedom or a choice to choose the path of bitterness and bondage. That's the choice. We may think the choice is, do I, do I forgive and let them get away with it? That's how we often conclude. Or do I hold on to this so they don't get away with it? But actually the choice is, do I forgive so that I can be free? Or do I not forgive and go to the path of bitterness and bondage? What will we choose? Will we walk the path of freedom or will we walk the path of bitterness and bondage? Romans 12, 18 then says this, and I'm really grateful for this verse because it shows us that the word of God really does speak to reality. It's not this pie in the sky, kind of everything's gonna be all right all the time kind of thing. No, it says, look, there's gonna be times when you're gonna choose to forgive someone and they don't even receive the gift that you're offering them. There's gonna be times when people hurt you and they don't even know it or they don't even care. And so the word of God says that doesn't, that doesn't take away the invitation for you. That doesn't take away the opportunity to choose the path of freedom. But it does say when you forgive, it may not always work out the way you had hoped and you may not always reconcile. The word of God is honest. It says this, Romans 12, 18. If possible, which means sometimes it won't be, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all, meaning there will be times when it's not possible to be at peace with everyone in your life. There will be some people who will not wanna reconcile. There will be some people who will hold a grudge against you. There will be some people who might refuse to forgive you. That's out of your hands. But the invitation is for you to be free, for you to choose forgiveness, for you to choose to lean in to what God has provided for you, for you to respond to the way you've been forgiven by God by then offering forgiveness to others and thus being set free. The gift of mercy And grace. Isn't it interesting? Verse 17 and 18 both end with the statement all, the word all. Verse 17, do what is honorable in the sight of all. Verse 18, if possible, live peaceably with all. I think this is so intentional and so important in the language of the scripture, and here's why. Listen to this. We're gonna put this on the screen because I believe this is incredibly, incredibly significant in this conversation. If you or I are bitter at one person, you will struggle to be at peace with anyone. If you or I are bitter at one, you will struggle to be at peace with everyone for you see the root of bitterness impacts every area of our life and every relationship that we have. Some of you have experienced this because you have someone in your life that has been hurt really bad and they're very bitter at the pain that has been caused to them and you watch them and every relationship they're in is being impacted by that bitterness. Every relationship that they have is suffering because of that bitterness. You can see it. They may not be able to see it, but you can see you're watching them. They're frustrated at everybody. They don't trust anybody. They're holding a grudge against everyone. They're cynical. They're skeptical. Every relationship has been impacted because they are bitter at one. And so the word of God is saying Do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all because if you grow bitter at one, it will impact every relationship that you have. You need to understand the implications of forgiveness lead to freedom. The implications of unforgiveness lead to bitterness and bondage every relationship that you have will be impacted by whether or not you forgive. We continue in the scripture, Romans 12, verse 19, and we see this amazing doctrinal truth that is so important for us to lay hold of when we're seeking to understand our faith and what the word of God says and what this means about our relationship with God. Romans twelve nineteen is reminding us that God is sovereign. It's a very important doctrine in the Christian faith. God is sovereign, he is reigning, he is ruling over all. Why do I say that? Why do I say forgiveness Trust God's sovereignty? Well, look at what the scripture reminds us of. Romans 12, 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That statement should send a little shudder down your spine. The Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. But many of us live as if that statement is not true. Many of us live as if God is not just and God does not care about justice. And so what do we do? We grab a hold of something that only belongs to God and we say, I'm going to go after justice. I'm gonna do what I think is just because I've been wrong. I'm gonna take control of this situation, God, because I don't trust that you are just. And what that reveals is we actually have a very low view of God. When it comes to personal relationships and those who have wronged us, if we're trying to eradicate justice on our own for ourselves, it shows we have a very low view of God. Because God says, nobody's gonna get away with anything. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God sees everything and please hear this this is very important to understanding the message of the gospel either either Christ will pay the penalty for your sin and mine either Christ will pay the penalty for the sin of those who have wronged us when we when they acknowledge their need for the savior and trust in the gift that he has provided through his death on the cross. Either their sin will be paid for when they acknowledge their need and trust in Jesus, our sin will be paid for when we acknowledge our sin and trust in Jesus, and listen to this, or our sin and the sin of those who have wronged us will be paid for when we get to hell. That's not a popular statement, is it? It's 2022, are we even allowed to use the word hell? Please hear this, this is so important. The Lord is just. He is righteous, he is holy, he is good, he is faithful, he is true. There will not be a single sin that goes undealt with. There are two ways that sin can be dealt with. It is either dealt with on the back of Christ at the cross, when the wrath of God is poured out for sin on the back of Christ, dying for your sin and mine. Either we accept that gift, what a gift it is, or we say, you know what, Jesus? I don't need what you've offered me. I'll handle this on my own. I'll take justice into my own hands. I'll grow bitter and resentful. I'll live the way I want to live. I don't want what you're offering, Jesus. I'll handle this myself. The only place that leads is to a Christless eternity in a place called hell. Sin will be dealt with. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Is your sin, please ask this question, Is your sin paid for at the cross of Jesus Christ? Or will your sin be paid for by you for all of eternity? I know that's not popular. I know that's not a feel-good message. I know that doesn't create the warm fuzzies. But it's so important to hear. And because God is just, and listen, please hear this, just and merciful at the same time, he has provided a way for your sin to be paid for so that you would know how much he loves you. And that's what happens at the cross of Christ. You see, the cross of Christ is what I would describe as something that is horrifyingly beautiful. Now, we have we've sanitized the cross. We like pretty pictures of the cross. We have a beautiful stained glass right here of the cross. It's, it's beautiful. Many of you are wearing a cross as beautiful jewelry. We like the beauty of the cross. But please hear this. The cross was horrifying. The cross was repulsive. The cross was disgusting. The cross was graphic, violent, horrific to even consider. And not only was it horrific to consider, but it's horrifying because it shows us the way God deals with sin. This needs to cut to our heart. Sin is not a laughing matter for God. He's not casual about sin the way we are. He's not flippant about sin the way we are. No, God is just. Praise God that he's not casual about sin. He is just. He deals with wrong. Sin must be dealt with, the cross shows us how he deals with it. That's horrifying. The wrath of God was poured out on Christ the Son at the cross so that we could see the way sin is dealt with. But at the same time, as horrifying as that is, at the same time, the cross is beautiful because it shows us the length that God was willing to go to show us his love to invite us to be forgiven, to invite us to be covered in his grace. Some of you need to hear this today. You've been so flippant about sin. You've been so casual about sin. And we need to be reminded that God takes sin very seriously. But at the same time, God wants you to know how loved you are. He wants you to know what you've done so that you can see what he's done. He's inviting you to be forgiven. Will you choose forgiveness or will you choose bitterness? Will you choose to trust in God's sovereignty as the one who is just or will you try to take justice into your own hands? I love this quote from Chuck Swindoll in his commentary on Romans 12, he says this, justice honors God. That's why the Lord gave us governments, which he empowers for the common good. As bearers of our creator's image, we desire justice when wronged by another. However, unlike our creator, this is so important, unlike our creator, our desire for justice is fueled by pride, fear, hatred, and selfishness. Our desire for justice is corrupt, Therefore, we are unqualified. So Paul calls us to surrender our desire for justice and to allow God to be the judge of souls, to dispense justice or bestow mercy according to his infinite wisdom. God is the only one who is qualified to administer true justice. He is holy, he is righteous, he is just. And he is merciful, compassionate, and kind to invite us to receive the gift of forgiveness that is offered through Jesus Christ at the cross. Let's return back to Romans 12, verse 20. And here we see what we talked about last week and what we talk about anytime we Bring up the topic of forgiveness. Forgiveness leads to freedom. That is really, really good news. Forgiveness leads to freedom. It says this, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. The word of God is actually saying, if you are willing to forgive someone for the wrong that they have done, you are actually being released from the pain that they have caused you. It's an incredible thing to consider but sometimes it feels a little too good to be true. And forgiveness leads to freedom. But if you think about some of the most incredible acts of forgiveness that you ever have personally seen or experienced, you would know, you would testify. Forgiveness leads to freedom. I, I, I think about one of the most shocking examples of forgiveness I've seen in my lifetime. It happened in the summer of 2015. June of 2015, a young man named Dylan Roof walked into a church in Charleston, South Carolina, Emanuel AME. He had the motivation of starting a race war. He was a white young man, walked into an African-American church having a Bible study, and he murdered. In fact, you could say he executed Nine members of that Bible study simply because of the color of their skin. It's unimaginable. He wanted to start a race war and he, he almost succeeded. Many times we see the way cities respond to acts of injustice and racism and many times people in those cities feel very justified to respond in violence or to respond in rioting. It makes sense. Something wrong has been done, I've gotta come back. That's how it happens many times. And many people were concerned the same thing was about to happen in Charleston, South Carolina in the summer of 2015. A few days after this horrible event took place, Dylan Roof was brought in to be arraigned in court before the judge and the families of those who were murdered were invited to be there if they wanted to. And one by one, the family members who had lost a loved one to this horrible act of racism and violence looked at this young man and they said, we forgive you. Turn to Jesus. He's your only hope. You can be forgiven if you will turn to Jesus. The press didn't even know what to do with that. The media was so confused. It was so shocking. It was so outside of the category of what is normal. But then, what happened over the next couple of days and weeks in Charleston? Nothing happened other than people responding to an awful act of evil by saying, we're not gonna let this tear down our city. We're gonna respond, instead of repaying evil for evil, we're gonna respond by trying to figure out whatever needs to happen so that this conversation changes altogether. Forgiveness leads to freedom. It's an unusual freedom. Please hear this because the pain is still there. You may have heard the statement time heals all wounds. That's just not true. Time does not heal all wounds, forgiveness heals wounds. But bitterness invites wounds to stay open and fester and become infected and grow even worse. Forgiveness leads to freedom, but forgiveness does not take away the pain of what we have experienced. Both paths are painful. But one path will lead to freedom and one path will lead to so much greater pain In bitterness, which path will we choose? Will we choose freedom or will we choose bitterness? Hebrews 12, 15 says it this way. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Defiled. Again, that reminds us of what we said earlier, that if we are bitter with one, we will struggle to be at peace with anyone. The writer of Hebrews is saying, if the root of bitterness takes a hold in your life, many will become defiled because of it. It will impact every relationship that you have. Choose the freedom of forgiveness. Finally, verse 21 of Romans chapter 12, we see that great statement, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I believe that the apostle Paul in this statement is taking us right back to the cross. He's reminding us that forgiveness fixes our eyes on Jesus because the greatest act of overcoming evil with good that the world has ever seen took place at the cross of Christ right? You remember what Jesus said, right? As Jesus is is giving up his spirit and breathing his last on the cross, taking the wrath of God for the sin of man on his back. He says in a word of prayer, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 34. And we could say, yeah, Jesus was amazing to forgive those who drove the nails through his wrists and his ankles. He was amazing to forgive the the ones who pressed the crown of thorns down on his head and the ones who mocked him at the cross. But there's so much more to this statement. Jesus is saying this statement as it relates to you and me as well. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. They don't even understand a fraction of their need for salvation. They don't even understand a fraction of their need to be forgiven of their sin. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And as he gives us life, that prayer is answered. That forgiveness is available to you To anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what an incredible gift we have as we forgive to do something that Jesus has done for us. Forgiveness puts our eyes on Jesus. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. We'll end with this today. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. But that's easier said than done, right? So we're gonna close a little differently today. I wanna have a word of prayer to, to conclude this message, but I, I want it to be a prayer praying over each and every one of us. And here's what I wanna pray for. I wanna tell you right up front how, how we're gonna wrap this up. I wanna ask you right now to go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head, and just join me in a moment of reflection as we go before the Lord. And as you're closing your eyes and bowing your head in prayer, I want to ask you to think about the, the person or the people in your life that have wronged you and it's been very, very difficult to forgive. I know this is not easy, but just think about who is it that comes to mind or perhaps you're harboring resentment or you're holding on to bitterness. They've hurt you. They've wronged. Maybe, it's, maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's an ex. A business partner that took advantage of something. And when you think of that name, it is so hard to even think about them without just growing in anger and resentment and bitterness. But think about that name. And I just want to invite us all to forgive as we've been forgiven. And I want to ask you if you would pray with me as I pray that God would give you the faith and the courage to pray for that person each day this week by name. That person who's wronged you. Ask God to give you the faith and the courage to pray for them by name. Not to pray that God would strike them down. But to pray that they would receive the gift of forgiveness the same way you have received the gift of forgiveness if you have trusted in Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to even pray that God would bless them. That's a really hard prayer to pray. And I'll confess to you, there have been a couple people in my life in recent years that I've struggled to forgive. And the only way I could forgive them was when I began to pray that God would bless them. He's God, I'm not. He holds justice, I don't. Would you ask the Lord to give you the faith and the courage to pray for them so that you can move down the path of freedom that comes through forgiveness? Heavenly Father, I know this is a weighty message. It's, It's not easy to navigate the call to forgive and the implications of forgiving others when we've been wrong, but Lord... You've invited us into this amazing gift of freedom through forgiveness, and so I pray that you would give us the courage and the faith to pray specifically by name this week for those that have wronged us that we have struggled to forgive. Do a work in our lives that would release us from the bondage of bitterness and resentment. I pray that you would set some free through the power of forgiveness this week. And Lord, I specifically wanna pray as I close for those who are here today who realize that they've they've never had a personal relationship with you. They've never trusted the gift of forgiveness that you provide through the cross. And and if if it were up to them, right now, their only option would be standing before you saying, I tried my hardest, but I'm helpless. And so I pray, Lord, that they would acknowledge their need for you today and say, Jesus, I'm ready for you. I need to be forgiven. I need you to save me. I can't, I can't bear the weight of justice on my own. I can't bear the weight of the justice I desire and I can't bear the weight of the justice that I need to pay for. And so Jesus, I'm trusting you to pay the debt I owe to forgive my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your grace. I pray that this week you would do a tremendous work in the hearts of many through the power of forgiveness. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.